You ready? 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 One, two, three, four! features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. 
Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is sure. being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE show. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly where we're going to have a little bit of a shortened show tonight. Uh, I have somewhere that I have to, uh, that I have to go, uh, or not, I have to go somewhere tomorrow. So uh, in order to do so, I have to get to bed a little earlier tonight. Uh, so we will only have a two-hour show tonight as opposed to a three-hour show. Um, but, oh, my God, we have a lot to cover Um we have the MLB trade deadline, which I hope to God there's a certain team that is going to be sellers at this deadline. I swear to God, I hope yep. that it's that it's going to turn out this way. Uh, we have some NHL trades to talk about. We have some uh, contracts to talk about as well in football, uh, NBA trade rumors, and uh, there's also one other topic that we're going to open up tonight's show with. Uh, but I do have Lou and I have Alex on here uh, to start off the show tonight. Um, once again, uh, Alex, you were—I uh, don't think you were connected yet when um, when I announced this. It's going to be only two hours tonight because I gotta. Okay. I gotta get up. I gotta yeah, get I up early tomorrow. tomorrow so. so. Good. Sounds good. Yeah, I, I gotta. I gotta get up early tomorrow. Uh, so I'm gonna be going to bed a little bit earlier tonight as opposed to normal. I might be um, um I I probably gotta be on the road a little later to go down to New York, so I might only be around for like I'll probably I'll probably be hanging out till about ten thirty. Oh, okay. Yeah, kinda of play it by ear. All right, well I I figured I figured we'd get off uh we we'd we'd start off tonight with maybe the biggest story oh, yeah. in wrestling <laughs> history. Here we go, here perhaps, we go. Yep. Uh, and I, I think you know what I'm talking about, Alex. Uh, Mr. Mr. McMahon. Vince, Vince McMahon <laughs> the, the, officially the, uh, announcing, officially <laughs> announcing his retirement. The ladies' man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know it's funny you say that because appara- apparently, from what I've heard, there's even worse stuff that's set to come out, and that's oh, why wow. he announced his retirement. I see. Uh, I mean, think about think about it. Basically, what happened was the timing of the when they announced it. Uh, they announced it after the stocks had closed for the day. Oh wow! Uh, right. After the stock exchange had closed, they announced that, uh, or he announced he didn't even make they didn't even make an actual announcement. He announced it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He basically, <laughs> he basically just said, "I'm retiring." Uh, at the age of 77, it's finally time, uh, or something like that. Let me let me bring up his actual uh, message. <laughs> yeah, before I before I get here. hammered with 80 before I get hammered with 85 lawsuits, I'm officially retiring. <laughs> it's time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Steve, um, we weren't actually we put this up a few weeks ago, and we weren't really surprised by this result that he was going to step down because I think it was discussed. Uh, we did say that two weeks ago that he was going to eventually step down from the WWE. So I don't know why people yeah. are being like there's such shock over this because you and I are not. So I don't see yeah, why no, there's I, uh, everybody's uh, you know thinking, oh my goodness, what I, happened here? 
I mean, because we knew. I think it has. I think it has more to do with the fact that. I mean, obviously, you know, it's been a running joke that everybody has said uh, Vince will die before he retires. Uh, right. But I think the problem is the way that he had been handling himself since the allegations came out. You know, uh, it was acting like mm-hmm. you know it was business uh, business as usual. There's uh, nothing going on. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, you know, he basically even said uh, when going back to the to the gorilla position, he basically yelled out "fuck them," meaning "fuck all the allegations." And right. it had seemed like basically, you know, he was going to stay put. You know, he wasn't going anywhere. Uh, he, I mean, yeah, he was stepping down temporarily uh, and giving his daughter the title of CEO or co or uh, or chairwoman actually, chairwoman Stephanie, of the company. Yes. Yeah, uh, but you know, nobody thought that he would be retiring. People thought, well, if Vin- here's the thing, if Vince retires, what does that? What happens to the overall product? Like. Uh, does sure. it go down the shitter? You know, because he's he's said it before that without me, the WWE will cease to exist. That's ridiculous. Mm. He, why why would he ever say that? Especially did he say this while he was while the shit was hitting the fan? No, no he said it. Uh, I forget when he said it, but he basically he said, said that the guy, you know he. Yeah, well, he, he said that it's it's the fact that he holds so much power not within not just within the company but also with the with the stockholders and the business owners and everything mm-hmm. that and the star uh, yeah. he's so you know he's so well respected amongst amongst the uh, you know his business partners that if he were to if he were to move on then the company would probably flounder basically. That's awesome. And yes. The know, wrestlers, like the, the company wouldn't Yeah, the, I mean the wrestlers and the writers uh put they they make the greatness. I mean, he is he is pretty darn brilliant. It's funny since this kept coming up as such a a powerful topic with uh you Lou and I. I was literally I was like researching him and watching like highlights and watching him behind the scenes all week on YouTube and different highlights. He is a very savvy guy, but yeah, I mean, I uh, come on. Ridiculous. For that'd sure. be like a commissioner. That'd be like uh, a commissioner saying, "If I left uh, MLB, uh, baseball would cease to exist." Of course, there's always going to be a massive market. It's the talent. It's not the the head of the leadership that makes these leagues. I mean, if he left, it would cease to exist. That, that's such a narcissistic, ridiculous statement. Mm. Right. Yeah. And you know, I th- I think it's because of the fact that. Uh, you know, if it if they were privately owned, still like like they were in the Attitude Era before they ended up going public, if they were privately yeah. owned, I don't think it would be that much of a big deal. But you got to think about it. Uh, you know, stockholders see him as basically the figurehead of the company. You yeah. know, he's he's basically like the mascot, if you would the mascot and the, you know, the overall figurehead, he is the one responsible for the wrestling landscape the way it is today. You know, he's the reason why all of the territories uh, don't, uh, all the territories cease to exist. 
now today because the WWE had basically taken over all of the territories. So with a man with this much influence like Vince, a lot of people figure that if he were to step down in any sort of fashion, like uh, to where he wouldn't have complete control over the company, a lot of people feel that the company would 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 squander. You know, they would they would flounder. They would uh, basically go belly up, essentially. Right. Wow. And i I do have some uh, I do have some more information surrounding the circumstances because we do know about the twelve uh, the twelve million dollars uh, between four different women. However, oh, okay. according to what according to what I have heard, it might be worse than that. I see. Wow. Because when the original when the original allegation news broke out, uh, you know, a lot of people thought that this would be the beginning of the end for Vince. Vince has been playing puppet master basically this entire time, with Stephanie McMahon being named interim CEO. Uh, they were basically going to hope that all of this would blow over, be forgotten, and Vince would eventually return to his role as CEO of the company and, uh, you know, chairman of the company. Now, however, the board, uh, the board had been getting pressure from the, had been receiving pressure from the stockholders to make a, to make a change. And, Basically, this retirement wasn't Vince's choice. He was basically forced to retire by the by the board of directors. Sure. And according to according to according to sources, apparently there will be more allegations coming out shortly that could be even more damaging to the company as a whole. So. That right there tells me that former former women who have worked for the company, former divas, are going to probably speak out. Because there was something uh, I do I do know of one story of a of a former diva who has since passed away, unfortunately, Ashley Massaro, who worked for mm. the company uh, during the 2000s. She passed away in 2019 due to suicide. Um, but apparently there was some there was some incident on the uh when they used to do the tribute to the troops where they would go overseas and have a and you know do a uh, do a show a televised show uh which was taped obviously um because of time delay and whatnot called tribute to mm. the troops one of the women that went over there supposedly had gotten raped by one or two of the soldiers on that base and Vince basically paid her to essentially shut up and, you know, just let it pass essentially. Uh, I have a feeling that could potentially, I mean, that, that story is already known anyways, but that could potentially be one of the things that may come to light. Uh, But from what it sounds like, it sounds like these, Original allegations are only the tip of the iceberg, basically. And there's a whole bunch more that apparently is going to come out. Now, 
you know, obviously yeah. there's a whole bunch of questions. There's a whole bunch of questions. Why did he retire? Uh, will there still be a WWE? Who's going to run it? Will they be sold? Uh, there's a few answers about this. First off, as far as why he retired, like I said earlier, you know, he tried to put up a solid front by appearing uh, weekly on Raw and SmackDown, uh, greeting the the, uh, the crowd with his signature catchphrase, then, now, forever, together. And he even appeared at a UFC event with his daughter, Stephanie, and her husband, Triple H, which, of course, he he's never seen in public. And, mm. you know, he's been on record as saying that the UFC is barbaric and he would never be seen anywhere near a UFC event. Right. But now, apparently, he's, you know, now he shows up to a UFC event with his family. Uh, apparently, but, so he's putting up this strong front. But behind the scenes at WWE headquarters, the board and the shareholders were reportedly trying to determine how to move forward. Uh, first, he temporarily stepped down as CEO while maintaining full creative control, and Stephanie became the interim CEO. Uh, basically, right. WWE was doing this maneuver in the hopes that the public would see these changes, and thus this would help the WWE's public image. And you know, apparently WWE did some research to see just exactly how much more of uh, the, these NDAs were going to eventually come out, and apparently this was literally just the tip of the iceberg. And more damaging reports are soon going to follow, which will reportedly have a negative impact on not just the WWE, the image of the WWE, but also the stock price mm-hmm. of the WWE. And this basically prompted the board and shareholders to force Vince to retire. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people have said, oh, this is just a storyline. You know, Vince isn't really gone. Uh, multiple, multiple journalists mm-hmm. have have asked the WWE whether or not he is gone for good or if this is a potential storyline. It's been said he is gone for good. He's not even in control of creative. Mm-hmm. He's like literally all he is right now is a majority, uh, a majority uh, owner right now that's all he is he has no other title within the company other than that now in his place in his place Mm -hmm. now though uh his daughter has been up has been upgraded from uh interim ceo and chairwoman to now chairwoman and co-ceo alongside nick khan uh, who had been in – he had basically been Vince's right-hand man the past couple of years. Um, yep. And Triple H has now returned to his previous role uh, that has mm. since been held by – that has since been held by uh, by John Laurinaitis, or Johnny Ace, as some people know him by, uh, as executive vice president and head of talent relations which is the, the role that Triple H had before he went on, uh, before he went on hiatus because of the medical issues. Mm. Um, as far as who will be in charge of creative, it sounds like Bruce Pritchard. Uh, some may know him as Brother Love from, uh, yes. from the, you know, the 90s WWE. Um, yes. And 
it says here, Bruce Pritchard will apparently be making the final calls on WWE booking of matches and storylines. However, it's not known if he will, you know, if he will stay with the company. But for the time being, he will be in charge of creative. Uh, Shawn Michaels will continue to run NXT, and Triple H will become more hands-on with NXT and the main roster shows. So Vince McMahon has basically been wiped completely off of the face of WWE. With the only, the only thing is, is that he has the only thing he has left is uh, he's a majority uh, or a majority owner of the company. Basically, that's pretty much it. Now, as far as potentially being sold. They have already lost. Now, granted, this isn't a lot of money considering the fact that they're a billion-dollar company. But ever since the reports have come out, they've lost a, a, a little bit over five hundred thousand dollars in value right. since the reports were published, and even more are now set to come out. So they're preparing basically to take a major hit as a publicly traded company. Um, and it's imperative for them because of their image. It's imperative for them to get a sale finalized before even more bad publicity and allegations potentially surface. Uh, Nick Khan, he originally was hired to help with the with uh, the WWE potentially being sold, and this is basically what we're probably going to get. It's probably going to. You know, it's probably now going to be uh, fast-forwarded, basically, to where we may see the WWE get sold sooner. Now, Mm. as of a few months ago, Disney was the top contender to buy the WWE, but now with all this news, this may change moving forward. Um, A big problem, a big issue is, whoever buys the company, they may be only interested in the video library, which means that the WWE itself could potentially not exist as a product Mm. overall when, when they get sold. You know, Disney could buy them and basically say, you know what, we're not interested in doing live events and television shows and pay per views. So, we're only interested in the in the video library for for Disney Plus. So we're now going to fire all of you guys, and WWE will basically only exist as an entity. They will not be a you know a full fledged company anymore. There's also a possibility wow. that they may go they may go back to being a pre taped product like they were in the '90s. Uh, which would be filmed in a smaller studio set similar to NXT and Impact Wrestling like they have in uh, – well, Impact, I think, is in Nashville now. No, they're in Canada, actually, uh, that they film. Early indicators are Hmm. that NBC, Universal, Fox, Netflix, and Disney are are all still in the discussion to possibly buy the WWE. So, I mean, this is – this is this has potentially huge repercussions. Like, you know, everybody looked at AEW as, you know, the biggest competitor to the WWE because, you know, WWE has basically monopolized 
the wrestling industry for so long. But now there is a legitimate possibility that the WWE may not even exist when they get sold. Wow. Mm. That's not. That I didn't see that. I did not see it coming. So they might just uh, rename it, rebrand it, what have you, keep the talent and just give it a uh, facelift as far as what it's called? No. No. What they would do is – uh, what it sounds like is if if whoever buys them uh, if whoever buys them is only interested in the tape library like the uh, the archives basically of video footage like say Disney yeah. were to say Disney were to buy the WWE and they want to add the WWE to uh, Disney Plus but they're only interested in previous shows. Uh, that they've done, and they're not interested in, you know, weekly television or something. Disney could basically buy WWE and essentially tear down the entire company and say, yeah, uh, we're no longer going to be doing shows. They'll basically, they could, if they wanted to, they could fire all of the talent, fire all of the staff, and, or I should say let them go, not essentially fire them, but let them go and basically fold the WWE in on itself just because they, uh, they're they only interested potentially in the uh, uh, in the video library as opposed to actually putting on shows. Gotcha. So that's a distinct possibility that um, – because, you know, like I, like I said earlier, Vince said that without me, the WWE will flounder. Mm. What he may have what he may have meant by that is the WWE as an on air product will cease to exist. Mm. Which is insane when you think about it, considering the fact that you know, they're a billion dollar company. They make they make like millions of dollars of profit every year or every quarter I should say, every quarter of the year. And now there's a possibility that they may just completely fold, period. Now, how this affects the how this affects the talent, we could potentially see we could potentially see talent, uh, certain talent, uh, certain stars, I should say, get title matches that maybe they wouldn't have gotten under with Vince in control. Like yeah. for example, this would be this would be for an example, uh like say Barry Wyndham who uh or no, not Barry Wyndham, what's a good example? Um a jobber, like any regular jobber yeah. from from the old uh, from the old days. Never got a title match, never won a title. With, uh with Vince out of the picture you could potentially see some of those lower tier stars like that get more opportunities to show that they can become, that they can make themselves a star and basically be put into the spotlight. Uh, Plus there's a rumor that uh, Dwayne Johnson's cousin, Roman Reigns apparently will be leaving WWE uh, to become a full mm. a full time Hollywood actor, 
just like his cousin. Um, and he currently yeah. holds both main he currently holds both main title belts as well. So, I mean, so with Vince basically retiring, the style of what you're of what WWE fans are going to see on TV is going to change. Uh, mm. The WWE will be sold, and it'll basically be up to the company that buys them as far as to whether or not they continue putting on events, or if they say no, we're not interested in events. Hmm. So if the WWE folds, you don't know how many people are going to flock to AEW or New Japan Pro Wrestling or Impact Wrestling. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's going to be an exodus of fans. Wow. I mean, I would I would find it hard to yeah. believe, though, considering the fact that, you know, WWE has grown such a massive fan base, not just in the United States or North America, but globally. You know, globally, there's a huge fan base for the WWE. To the point of where they're even, they even do shows in Saudi Arabia. You know? So, it's... It, it it just doesn't it doesn't sit right with me. I should put it this way, uh, to where with, with him leaving, his whole entire creation could basically crumble within the span of a few months. But what do you what do you guys think about that? Uh, you know, would would a company, whoever decides to buy them, would they basically decide, you know, would it be realistic of them to say, no, we don't want to keep this, uh, we don't want to keep this entity that's making money mm. to make us money. No, I, so we're just going to shut it's it a, down. It's a possibility, Steve. It's a possibility, but I, I would hope. It is. Cooler heads, not even cooler heads. I mean, it's a money-making machine, so I would hope someone wouldn't just buy it and be like, okay, it's done. We're just not. We're just going to stop it and just right. Go, Let's go have it I, I don't see any year to year, to year. That, but such a money making machine. I would just, if I had the billions or multi millions to buy it, I would keep a good thing going and keep the machine running. But you never know. Once Absolutely. once it's for sale, someone can buy a mansion and tear it down. So who knows? It depends on who buys it. Yeah, I mean, as of as, as of. As of this year, WWE has a net worth of six billion dollars. It says here. Wow. Okay. There's no joke. Right there. No, no so joke. It's, it's they, have, they have it's a possibility, but I don't, it's a possibility. Sure, but I, I mean, sure, anything can happen in this world. But I, I, I could never imagine someone buying that and then just saying, "Okay, it's over," unless they like hated wrestling and didn't didn't want it around. Or yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a money making machine. It is. So yeah, I don't and see I mean, it, you know, folding. And and you know, as far as revenue goes, you know, they basically uh I mean their their last down year was in twenty nineteen, but since then their revenue has basically increased with each year moving forward since then. I mean, they made about Close to a billion dollars worth of revenue in 2020. They made 1.1 wow. billion in 2021. 
So, you know, it's, it, I would find it very hard to imagine that, uh, you know, a company like, like Disney or Netflix would basically decide we're going to purchase you guys and then we're going to, then we're going to fold, you know, we're going to fold the product. And actually I'm looking at the net income the last two years, they've made a total net income, uh, a profit of about, hang on, let me make sure I have my math right here. 311. Wow. Go ahead. I, I was going to, I was going to quickly just point out that's one interesting, uh, huge, you know, powerful entity that I didn't even think about Netflix. They don't, they don't show live stuff. They could buy it and just say, and then they could just have series about it and they could, they could show um, different series and different years and different events. They could like, yeah, it, you know what I mean? They could buy it and then just show uh, reruns like you were saying. Yeah. Netflix could do that. Well, they could show, they could, they could, they could upload weekly taped events though. That's mm. true. Like, cause, cause I said one of the options was that, that the WWE would go back to being taped like it was in uh, in the Attitude Era, where they would tape Monday Night Raw uh, before it would even air live. Oh, I didn't know that. They would tape it. They would tape it hours earlier, and basically, what Netflix could do if if Netflix were to buy them, uh, Netflix could basically upload, you know, Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown or the pay per view. Uh, well, actually, pay-per-views would have to go back on pay-per-view, but um, you know they right. could basically upload the show the night the, the night that they're originally supposed to air. Mm-hmm. Wow! But I, I mean, mean, look at the that. company. Uh, sorry, sorry to sidetrack. I'm just uh, looking looking at the Mets. They, they, the Mets have their annual. They've they've forgotten how to hit. They've forgotten how to play baseball. They're getting Shut out at home to the Padres. They've scored one run in uh, 48 hours. Really impressive. I'm sorry. The Mets yeah. are about to lose. First, the Mets are about to lose first place for the rest of the season. I'm sorry. You want to talk about forgetting to play baseball, or yeah. forgetting how to play baseball? Okay. Let's let's go into baseball for a minute here because uh, I have a bone to pick here. You want to talk about forgetting how to play 20, baseball? 20, 29, uh, 35 runs last night. Blue Jays. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the Blue Big Jays. Big joke right there. 28 wow. runs. 28 runs to five on Boston. In, 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 which, in, in Fenway Park. In Fenway Park, which set two new records. It set, it set a franchise record for the Red Sox for the most amount of runs given up in a game with 28. The previous record was 27. And the Blue Jays for runs scored in a game with 28. Uh, Boston's run differential entering last night's game, they were a plus 18. They went down to a minus five, and now they're down to a minus eight because of today's loss. Wow. So, all within a span of less than 24 hours, or technically 24, oh, wait, no, less than 24 hours. A span of less yes. than 24 hours, they've gone from plus 18 to a minus eight. Okay. In run differential. Well, and Rymel, uh, go go for it. 
Rimal Tapia, who hit the Inside the Park Grand Slam last night, joins Junior Felix, who did it in 1989, also against Boston, as the only players in Blue Jays history to record an Inside the Park Grand Slam. <laughs> well, hey, at least, uh, I gotta t- at, least, at least at least we're doing something about our problem. We just got the mighty uh, Hall of Flame slugger uh, Dan Dan Vogelbach. So the, the Mets are, you know, they're they're trying to respond and add some powerful pieces. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're at least, they're at least trying to do something. Boston. I mean, I heard uh, who's who's the, the first baseman that's uh, down in the minors now for the Mets. Um, Oh my God, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember his name. I know Boston has been in contact with the Mets about trying to uh, Dom, trying Dom to Smith. take him Dom off Smith. of their hands. Yeah, Dom Smith. Yes. Dom Smith. Uh, yes. The dude ha- the dude has 11 RBIs or something this year, and now he's down in the minors and he's barely hitting in the minors. <laughs> and. Apparently, the Red Sox believe he is the answer. He's basically, like, they can say, well, we added. Is. Yeah, yeah, you didn't really add. You added a 27-year-old who hit 186 this year <laughs> uh, while he's hitting okay. 266 in the minor. He's hitting 266 in the minors with a pair of homers, but, I mean, come on. In the majors, like, th- th- this guy is basically the equivalent of Bobby Dalbeck or – actually, no, I shouldn't say that. Bobby Dalbeck has more homers than Don Smith does this year. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I-, I-, I just got to put it – I just got to put it this way. After these last two games and actually after this entire stretch where Boston has – I don't even know. I-, I-, I, for- I forget how many straight games they've lost now. Um, but if they weren't sellers beforehand, they're sellers now. They've lost they the have, last yeah. four, actually. Well, it's, no, it, they're like – sorry, they're bad. If and when they lose tomorrow, if they get swept, then they got to do a fire Oh, kill. they will. Oh, they they will yeah. get swept because – because, They're uh, going down Bray in – they're, they're going down in flames. Yeah, they, they're going to get swept because Bray, and Bellow, because Bray and Bellow is pitching, and I guarantee you he's going to get shell-shocked just like he did both times <laughs> against Tampa Bay. I mean, it's yeah. not going to – I, I, I shouldn't say it's not going to be – it's not going to be, uh, you know, it's not going to be funny, but at the same time I can only laugh at it because uh, – It's a comic tragedy. They, they, they did it themselves. It's self-induced. Yeah, and also not to mention Chris uh, Chris Sale going down with the broken finger. Did you guys see that when he took? No. Uh, I think it was. I heard. I think it was a, a hundred. They said it was a hundred and six mile per hour. Uh, <laughs> Fastball. A hundred. A hundred and six point seven mile <laughs> per hour exit velocity off of a fastball line drive. Oh my God! That. He was basically trying to protect his head, and in doing so, it ended up hitting his left pinky. His left pinky looked like it was in the shape of an S when they showed it on camera. Yeah. 
So he underwent an open he underwent an open reduction and in internal fixation of his pinky finger, which basically obviously he had to have surgery. That means he had surgery and the timetable usually for that is anywhere around six to eight weeks, which essentially would mean that uh, before he even starts rehab, that is, that his season is basically over. Yeah. He's got so terrible as luck. If that, yeah. As, as if that wasn't bad enough, then Boston goes and does what they did, uh, you know, these last two nights. It's, mm. They have fans screaming for them to sell now, especially considering the fact that they only offered Xander Bogart four years, $90 million, and he basically laughed at their offer, which I don't blame him because that's an absolutely massive uh, low ball. You know, he basically laughed at their offer, and it's – Honestly, it's just it's pathetic the fact that they feel that Heim Bloom feels that he can basically do what he did in Tampa and well funny thing in Tampa, the race sucked four out of the five years that he was there as yeah. their general manager. They sucked four out of five years and ended up missing the playoffs. And sucked. In Boston Boston doesn't settle for that. It would be it would be like if he came to New York. Right. If he came to the New York Yankees. If he if he replaced Brian Cashman as uh, as GM of the New York Yankees and decided to do the exact same thing, you think Boston fans would be interested? Or not Boston? You think New York fans would settle for that? No way. No. No. But that but that's exactly what he's doing. That's exactly what he's doing here. Ugh. I, it's it's maddening. Like, okay. I'm looking at, especially with Rafael Devers, uh, Devers going on uh, the injured list yeah. for 10 days, which means that he won't be eligible to come off of the injured list until after the trade deadline. So... Which is ironically the same the same day, but because because they because they play that night at eight o'clock, uh, he can't be activated until just right before game time. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, he. Uh, what, what, is he Devers, what is Devers? No, they, I didn't even think about that. I thought they brought him in to build the farm system, but obviously the Boston brass brought in brought in this Tampa Bay guy to be cheap. And uh, not want to sign people, which is absolutely amazing because Boston's a major market uh, city. Yeah. When is he going to insult Devers? When is Devers going to pack his bags and leave Boston? Well, uh, yeah. Devers, has, Devers is under contract for one more year because of arbitration. So, okay. So he's, uh, he's got one. Oh, he has one foot out the door then. So he's getting ready. He'll be, he'll be leaving eventually. I mean, I'll put it this way: if he if he isn't if he isn't part of this year's deadline, he'll be part of next year's deadline, because I guarantee you, Boston is going to lowball him again this off season, and Devers is going to laugh in their face. Right. And I mean, technically, Bogart isn't a free agent technically, but he does have an opt out this off season. Yeah. 
which means he could opt out and test the market, which is more than likely what he's going to do. So I would not, I would be, let me put it this way. I would be surprised if a Heim Bloom thinks that any additions to this club uh, this year will mean that they'll be able to contend. They are not contending for a world series this year. I, I find it hard to believe that this is the same club that came within, what, two wins, one win of a World Series appearance last year? Well, this yes. guy, they, were, they, had a, a valiant, they had a late run and they were, had a good push last year, and then he did absolutely nothing to add any arms. So now he has every reason, no. oh, well, look, he, we're not good. So, now, so it gave him an excuse to be cheap who he is. So now, he has, now he's justified in selling you know, it just, cheap it just means to me, guy. yeah, originally he was added, uh, Heim Bloom was added as uh, somebody to help rebuild the farm system, which to his credit, he kind of did. But Henry, John Henry, the owner, then decided all of a sudden, you know what, let's, uh, let's go cheap because I need more money to, to purchase an NHL team or to purchase a, a basketball team, which is what he's now going after. He, he now wants to become a basketball owner. So he's basically saying, let's give these guys low ball offers, and when they don't accept, we can just, we can just trade them. Even though they they're homegrown say- talent. To some of the fans, they can they can at least say, "Oh well, we tried, we tried, but they wanted to go." It's pathetic. Mm. Exactly. Uh, let's get yes. Kyle's let's get Kyle's thoughts. Uh, Kyle is joining us now. Kyle, what are your Kyle? thoughts on on the Boston Red Sox uh, absolute collapse? And where do you see them uh, come the trade deadline coming up? I mean. First off, how how in the world do you put up three touchdowns? I, I don't get that. Four. Twenty-eight to five. Come four on. T- yeah, four. Clear, clearly, I can't do basic math. I can't do basic math yeah. apparently. Um, <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, that's kind of pathetic. I mean, you know, uh, I. I don't even know. I can't even have. I don't even have words to describe it. It's kind of embarrassing, um, but yeah. I mean, what happened to you know the glory days of the Sox? I guess. Uh, I guess us Boston fans got too spoiled in the in the late 2000s, huh? You know, with uh, the Red Sox, Red Sox. You know, pretty much dynasty. You know, got the Patriots winning everything. It, you know, the Celtics were very good. So uh, it's it's kind of funny. I think it. You know, as a not even a I'm not even a Boston sports fan. I, I it's just funny because growing up in the Northeast, I think we just all got so spoiled of seeing every Boston team pretty much dominate the last ten years, and now it's yeah, yeah pretty laughable. You know, I mean, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, the whole thing though is it isn't specifically the fact that oh we expect to win a World Series every year. It's more of the right, fact yeah. that they have – it's more the fact that, uh, you know, Heinblum hasn't done anything to try and improve this team except sign Trevor Story. That's, okay, the one thing he did this offseason. Trevor Story. Uh, but 
you know, you have homegrown talent in Raphael Devers and Xander Bogarts, and yet you don't want to pay, or this is more John Henry's fault, you don't want to pay your homegrown talent, and you're going to lose them just like you lost Mookie Betts. And uh, considering how the Mookie Betts trade turned out, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, uh, Jeter Downs, who was supposed to be the top prized prospect other than Verdugo in that deal, Jeter Downs has yet to prove that he's a, that he's a legitimate major leaguer since being called up. Right. Mm-hmm. So they basically let Mookie Betts go for a bag of balls, uh, which it really worries me what they're going to potentially get for – uh, you know Xander Bogarts, considering the fact that Mookie Betts was the was the best player in all of baseball at the time that he the was traded. Yeah, speaking of uh, a bag of balls, I mean the centerpiece, the, the big the big, piece, the big piece coming back to Boston is Alex Verdugo. What? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, nice uh, nice even trade there. That was a terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, giving up Mookie Betts for just a shit package that was pathetic. Yeah, yeah right. it just. It was Verdugo, Jeter Downs, and Connor Wong, who has had uh, he's had a couple of call ups to the big league roster, but he hasn't been able to stay up in the big leagues. Basically, that's literally all we got for Mookie Betts. They had a chance to get Bruce Dargraderall, but then they decided, nah, he's too fat, and uh, you know it se- it seems like he's going to fail his physical, so we don't want him. And now he's, you know, he's a huge part of the uh, of the L.A. Dodgers bullpen. And you may la- you may laugh at my description, but that's literally the reason that was given to the media as to why Boston yeah. decided not to keep Gratterall as part of the deal. It's unbelievable. <sighs> but I, you know, total- I look at this roster right now. <clears throat> I look at this roster right now, and. I think Devers stays for the rest of this year. I think he's gone next year. Uh, J.D. Martinez, if they do decide to sell, this is who I would assume they would probably try and sell off. J.D. Martinez is probably gone. Xander Bogarts, I would hope they would. If they're going to sell, I would hope they would, they would trade away Bogarts because you do not let somebody like that walk in free agency, especially if you're not no. even willing to give them a legitimate offer. Uh, so if Bogarts is going to be gone, sell him anyways. Uh, I've heard the, the, you know, the most consistent rumor I've heard is Bogarts to St. Louis. St. Louis has the, has the number one prospect pool in the league. So yes. I would definitely look at St. Louis. Yeah. Um, also, also St. Louis, they'll look at Nolan Gorman, Tommy Edmond, uh, they have a they have a ton of young talent. That'd be a great place to uh, get like two or three guys back for Bogarts. That'd be perfect. Exactly. Exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, Nate Eovaldi, who just got shelled by Toronto. I know that didn't, he didn't really help his uh, trade his trade prospects at all. No. But but Eovaldi, you know, I would assume, you know, he's another Scott Boris client. I would assume he's probably out the door. Uh, Michael Waka, even though Michael Waka is on the injured list right now, I mean, a 6-1 and one record with a 2.69 ERA, what team is not going to want that oh, for, that's the, be a for, the, for the stretch run? 
It, I mean, seriously, what, the, what team is not going to want that for the stretch run? Well, you know, got, I would take if I was – He's got some value, but he's also – and he's a great pitcher. I'm not destroying him, but he's also got a terrible track record. He gets injured just randomly every single year. He's very fragile. So, I mean, yeah, teams want him, but I don't know what kind of return you're going to get for a guy who has such a, uh injury injury pass. I don't know. True. I mean, I mean this but, this yeah. year he's but, only like, injured he's, because he's of that arm. Like, he's been on like six or seven different teams in the last four or five years, so I don't know. You can get, like, a mid-prospect for them, but they have a lot of pieces. They can get a lot of people back, but it's like now they have these stars, and then you're just going to start rebuilding again. And like you said, they're right. homegrown, too. Devers and Bogart, that's, like, the uh, the best left side of an infield anywhere in a while, and then and they're both yeah. homegrown. Now they're just low-balling them, and they're in one of the biggest markets in in the world. It's just, it's just inexcusable. Right. Uh, let's see, John Schreiber, who has been a gem out of the bullpen this year, 2-1 and one with a 1.56 yeah. ERA. Uh, I would assume they would probably sell high on him on the market. I would be shocked if he stays a member of the Red Sox. Uh, hell, he's probably, uh, apart from Garrett Whitlock, who they're probably going to want to keep, uh, he's probably the only marketable bullpen arm that we could – that we could present to teams. Uh, other than that, you know, I don't really see anybody else who would be uh, trade uh, trade bait. I mean, maybe Kike Hernandez if he was healthy, but he just got transferred to the 60-day DL t- today, so his his season is probably over with. Um, yeah, you know, if they don't sell. I think they're going to piss off a lot of the fan base, uh, especially yeah. when they let Xander Bogart, especially when they when they inevitably lowball Xander Bogarts again and they let him walk. Uh, you know, I think we may potentially see. Hopefully, you know, a lot of people don't renew their season tickets next year and don't buy tickets to go see the to go see them play. Uh, because literally the only way you're going to send a you're going to send a message to the owner is by not buying tickets, you know, not bringing in revenue, essentially. It's, you know, it 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 seemed like such a promising, you know, a promising start for them after they got off to that slow start, and they seemed to start to rebound. And now they're three games out of the wild card. And from all indications, they're going to be back to 500 winning percentage tomorrow after they lose mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, with Bray and Bellow on the mound. I mean, they put out a triple-A type of lineup today against a team like Toronto that, is, that they're currently trailing. Hell, Toronto could have probably put out their worst players and probably won today if they wanted to. So, you know, uh, Boston is one of the teams I would definitely look at as sellers. Hopefully they make the right move and they decide to be sellers and not buyers because this team is getting is going nowhere this season. Um, 
the Yankees, though, the Yankees, I know they're in the hunt for, for Juan Soto. Uh, apparently now, though, they're going to have to be in the hunt for a uh, reliever as Michael King uh, injured himself yep. just the other yep. night with a fractured right elbow. Huge loss. Yeah, he's done for the season. So, I mean, two, a 2.29 ERA out of that bullpen, it's, it's a huge Huge loss for New York, especially uh, when they're, uh, especially when they're the longtime, uh, you know, rock star that you know the Cuban Missile. He's he's terrible. They can't really rely on Chapman. He was their best, uh, but yeah, he's their best reliever now. So that's a massive loss. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be very hard. It's going to be. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, if uh, this is where we'll really see if. New York really wants to spend because if they want to spend, they'll go after, you know, they'll probably go after Juan Soto or they'll go after, uh, you know, they'll end, they'll end up going after uh, a reliever of some sort. And actually let me, I'm trying to find the uh, thing. Okay. So according to Ken Rosenthal, the current asking price, and by the way, there is no negotiating apparently with the Nationals. The Nationals have said either you give us this, or you don't tra- you don't get a trade. There's no there's no negotiating. Asking for uh, a boatload of talent, like three top so They're asking a starter. They're asking oh, for like more. five or six no. players easily. It's more than that, yeah. actually. It's more than that. They're asking for four to five top youngsters, followed by a combination of prospects and major leaguers with low service time. I mean that that's easily that's well, easily so potentially can, seven or that's seven or eight different players that they're asking for. I I don't know who does that. I don't know. I don't. Maybe someone does. I, I don't know. They're making it mighty hard because Soto's gone. They might be uh, yeah. trying to trying to act impossible to deal with, and then they they might wake up and and watch uh, Juan Soto leave for nothing. They can't be too ridiculous about things. You got to you got to make something realistic. I mean, no one's going to trade half their team for one player, or you know what I mean. No one's going to trade that much. He's not Michael Jordan. I right. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's a great young player, but I've never heard of a package that that steep, that that big, in in terms of like an asking price. That's that's outrageous. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Lou? Uh, Lou, what are, what are your thoughts on that? The uh, you know they're asking for three or four top pro- or no four four or five top prospects, and then a combination of prospects and major league players with low uh, with low service time. Mm. Yeah, the low service time was that's the one's going to hurt the most probably. I mean, they're basically asking for that's a low. That's a lot of prospects too. That's a, that's a heavy load yeah. of air. They're basically asking for a whole starting lineup, essentially. Yeah. Smart move. I don't think so. And honestly, I don't see any team that's going to be willing to give up that price. I mean, obviously, no, you know, St. Louis. St. Louis has the has the number one farm system, but if you if you're St. Louis and you do that, you're basically mortgaging your entire farm system. 
You're You're going all the way down to the bottom. I mean, I could see New York possibly doing it if they were to involve, like, Labor Torres. uh, Mm. If they were to put together, you know, because I think there are a couple of big league players that they could potentially package together into a deal along with their prospects that could potentially get the deal done. You know, it's, regardless, it's going to be a massive, like they're saying, uh, a Herschel Walker type package. So it's still, to me, it's unrealistic, the asking price that they're going with. I think Joey Gallo could potentially be part of the deal if they oh, were they to do one. Gallo, or, uh, Who wants Gallo? Come on, man. He's worth, he's worth next to nothing. Salary. He can't, he can't hit a salary. He can't, can't hit a beach ball. I don't know, Joey. I, no one. I don't think anyone looking at looking for Joey Gallo. They'd have to give up it would labor. Be, it would, be, it would um, be for salary reasons. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I hear you. Uh, labor. Uh, they they want Anthony Volpe, their star uh, prospect, short job yep. is coming up next. Volpe, Glaber. Name name two of their best young arms. They'd be included. I mean, yeah, they want a, a ton of people. I don't know. I mean, I, uh, realistically, I just don't see it happening. So uh, it, it could be potential. This could p- potentially be a whole ploy uh, for the Nationals to try and bargain with whoever, because uh, they are currently trying to sell the team. So it could be a potential ploy to uh, to you know to try and to try and uh, uh, you know heighten the asking price. That's a good point. Because they're going to have to come down eventually, or else they're just going to simply wake up in a year and watch him walk away. I, I don't see anything exactly. That, even if the Yankees wanted to, they're they're literally like the Yankees are so star-studded; they don't have a huge uh, minor league system. They're not going to trade so, what they're not going to trade Judge or Stanton. So, I mean, the Mets have a shot because the Mets aren't as talented as the Yankees, but the Mets do have. They don't have a deep minor league system, but they have three or four really good prospects, and the Nationals literally want all of them, plus like uh, Nemo right. or Jeff Jeff McNeil or or Chris Bassett. They want like two or three borderline. They want like two or three starters, like you said, low money. So you got McNeil. The Mets have some good role players that that'll that could hit second or third for the Nationals. McNeil, Tana, yeah. Nemo. Yeah. So they kind of, pay. but then they want to get like. The three best net, the Mets uh, prospects. The problem is, like I said, the Mets after the three or four at the top, they have a, their their minor league system is really top heavy, and then they have a really bad system. So it's like they have four or five right. guys. Yeah. Be good. They have three or four, maybe even five guys that'll be good good players, maybe even stars. But then they have a bunch of fodder. So like they would literally just strip so, the cupboard bare. If the Mets traded for them, they'd have no minor league system for the next ten years. Until they redraft. So, among, so. among the teams, among the teams that are supposed that have supposedly already been in contact with Washington, according to Bob Nightingale of USA Today, he has heard that the Mariners, Padres, Giants, Dodgers, Cardinals, Yankees, and Mets have already been in contact with Washington about a Soto trade. Wow! Wow! You know who's you know who's a great fit. They are desperate. Even when they had uh, their star catcher who just retired, they've always had lackluster offense. He would be perfect in San Francisco. They're dying for a big yeah. bat for about 10 mm-hmm. years now. 
You know, they don't, they don't have a, that huge power hitter. They really haven't had one in years. Yeah. He would I don't know how good the minor league star, but they have they, – they would be a great they – would, they would appreciate Soto, I think, more than anyone. They could use him yeah, more than anyone, would, I think. He would basically be their Barry Bonds without the steroids. Their new Barry Bonds, essentially. Because they're pitching and defense and smart, like, small ball. I mean, they had Posey and a couple of guys, but, like, they always have, like, four or five guys in the lineup who are, like, journeymen. They score three or four runs a game, and they win, like, three to two. They're they're desperate right. for a, uh, a, a big bat, finally. So, they're probably they're probably going to be the team that probably offers the most, I think, to really go all in. Right. They're fringe. Uh, they're they're on that playoff, uh, you know, periphery. They're on the on the edge right now. They're close. If they get a Soto, then it makes the whole lineup better, and you know they have good pitching and good defense. I don't know. I think they might land. Them. I mean, I'm not sure. And I mean, tell you, you know, not 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 only would they get Soto, they would be getting the home run derby champion mm-hmm. who outlasted, just barely outlasted uh, Julio Rodriguez in the finals, 19 to 18. I mean, wow. Julio Rodriguez, talk about Julio Rodriguez for a second here. He, I think he is the first, yeah, he becomes the first hitter in MLB home run derby history to hit consecutive rounds of 30 or more homers. Yeah. I mean, that kid is going to be an absolute star for the Mariners moving forward. But, you know, Soto, who ultimately ended up avenging his loss to, uh, well, you know, last year he ended up losing to uh, Pete Alonzo, uh, but he finally get he, he does get his first uh, home run derby trophy. So, you know, whoever, whoever lands, Soto, unless he stays with uh, with Washington, which is a definite possibility, you know mm-hmm. they're going to be getting a bona fide game changer on that, uh, you know, uh, on whatever roster he lands on. Wow, Baltimore is now winning against the Yankees. Oh, yeah, I saw Jesus. It. So that yeah. basically means that basically means that. Let's see. Where are they right now? So they're 46 and 47. If they win, they'll be 47 and 47. They could potentially surpass Boston tomorrow if, if they win tonight There's and they beat the Yankees tomorrow. Baltimore, Baltimore is a great young core, and now they're finally uh, growing up, and their pitching is like finally like B-minus. They're not, F, they're not terrible pitchers anymore. They have a nice line. Right. Right. Baltimore's and Baltimore's kind of like a new kind of Tampa Bay. They're coming up strong. I don't know. They have a shot. They have a shot. If they, they do. If they, they do. If they, if they can uh, win, like, uh, they're on a rampage. I don't even know what their they're winning, uh, what their, their winning percentage is lately, but there's as hot as that. Uh, the, the O's in Atlanta are the two, two best teams in the past month, at least. I don't know. There's a lot of baseball left. There is, yeah. There, I mean, there, there, there are certain teams that can definitely get themselves in it. There, there are certain teams that have literally no shot of getting themselves in it, no matter, no matter what they do. Um, you know, I, I want, I want to go, I want to shift gears a little bit because, uh, you know, we were discussing about the trade deadline and whatnot. 
I want to talk about a major yeah. blockbuster deal that went on in the NHL a couple nights ago. And in my opinion, it is, it is maybe a gigantic one-sided deal, in my opinion. The Florida Panthers acquired Matthew Kachuk along with a conditional fourth-round pick from the Calgary Flames. In exchange, they send over yeah. their number one center, Jonathan Huberdeau, their number one defenseman, Mackenzie Weger, uh, one of their top prospects, Cole Schwint, and a conditional lottery-protected first-round pick in 2025. Wow. That right there is an absolute haul by Calgary. Yeah. I mean, granted, Kachuk had 104 points last year with 42 goals, but, I mean, just overall, Mackenzie Weger, eight goals, 44 points as their number one defenseman last year. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau, let me just get his uh let me get his stat line up here real quick. Um, he's basically been their number one center apart from uh Alexander Barkov for years. Like everybody was looking at Huberdeau as being a career Florida Panther. Like there was no way he was gonna be traded. hundred and fifteen points last year. Uh, or this past season, 30 goals, 85 assists. So Calgary basically gets the number one center, the number one defenseman, and probably I don't know where I don't know where this guy falls in their prospect pool, but pro, but one of their top prospects and a first round pick, which I mean from all accounts it's it's lottery protected. It's it's more of a 50 50 shot as to whether or not it'll fall uh, into uh, into the lottery or not. So, wow. And then That's the Panthers signed Kachuk. And, and uh, the Panthers, you know, this is, this is historic too because this is actually the first ever NHL sign-and-trade because Kachuk signed an eight-year, $76 million contract with the Flames right before he got traded to Florida. Like, he literally signed the deal. He signed the deal, and then Calgary said, okay, well, we're shipping you off to Florida. Lou, you're, you're one of I the mean, hockey viewers. What are you? Yeah. What are you, what are you Yeah, Lou, what are, your, what are your thoughts about this, Lou? Because Florida, I mean, they yeah, they made a massive move getting Matt, uh, Matt Kachuk for, for the next eight years. But yeah, doesn't it seem like they kind of overpaid massively for him? Oh, absolutely. Especially when you have these deals that might even you know make the uh, full uh, term, because a lot of these you know players that sign these eight-year deals, they don't fit it, and they don't finish the whole term. So it's kind of like a waste, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he is. Uh... He is 24 years old right now, so this will be – It'll he'll be 32 when he becomes a free agent, basically. Still really uh, young. You know, it's going to – the fact, though, that Florida gave up Jonathan Huberdeau, who is an amazing forward, uh, an amazing centerman, 
They gave up Mackenzie Weger, their number one, apart from Aaron Ekblad. Okay, he's their number two defenseman because Aaron Ekblad is their number one. So Mackenzie Weger is yes. their number two defenseman. And they gave up Cole Schwint, who last year in the AHL had 19 goals and 40 points. Uh, and he was the 81st overall pick in the 2019 NHL entry draft. Uh you know, I mean, this is a massive haul for a team that literally just lost Johnny Gaudreau uh, to mm-hmm. Columbus, and now they're losing Matt Kachuk uh, to Florida. I mean, if I'm look if I'm Calgary right now, I am jumped. I am I am jumping with joy the fact that I just swindled this much out of Florida when literally. Calgary held none of the, you know, they had none of the, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, none of the leverage in this uh, in this deal. You know, yeah. Florida could have decided, well, you know what, we're not, you know, maybe we don't want Matt Kachuk uh, for the price that you're asking. So, you know, we're just, uh, we'll let you guys uh, try and ask other teams, and maybe those other teams won't be willing to, uh to offer you what you want. So it, it just seems to me like it's an overpay because I was, you know, I was talking with some of my hockey buddies when this deal went down and uh, right, we were right in the middle of our discussion. And then one of them basically typed out in huge letters, holy shit. Like he, like he literally was flipping his lid the fact that this mm-hmm. deal got that this deal got made, and he said it is an absolute robbery, an absolute robbery oh. by Calgary. Yeah, Jesus Christ. it was. Sorry, sorry. Oh. bottom of the ninth, one out. Mets just just missed the game tying two run home run. Sorry about that. Oh, the torture. All right, All right back, you, to, back me, to hockey. I'm sorry. Let me give a little comparison, like in basketball terms. This would be like if uh, the Boston Celtics traded away Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a first-round pick to Philadelphia for Tobias Harris. This is basically the equivalent of – that would be the equivalent of this deal. That we just saw here. I mean, no shot would I give up what uh, what Calgary ultimately ended up acquiring as part of this deal. I just there's no way. It it makes no business sense. I mean, you know, in Calgary's case, yeah, it makes all the business sense in the world because you know this basically keeps them in contention. For uh, for a potential yes. playoff run next year, right? But then there's this deal: the Seattle Kraken acquired Oliver Bjorkstrand from the Columbus the Blue Jackets in exchange for a third and fourth round pick in next year's draft. A guy who so just to, just to give some some background here. Bjorkstrand had 28 goals and 29 assists in 80 games last year. 
and he's the only and they only had to give up a third and fourth round pick to get him. Hmm. I mean, this yeah, is a, this is a massive there. this is a massive win for the Seattle Kraken right here. Just the fact that they were able, you know, they they were able to ba- to basically get uh, Bjorkstrand for. I mean, they, they could they could have basically offered like a seventh round pick, and and Columbus would have probably taken it because it was a salary it was yeah. a salary cap dump. Dump. All right, what what are your thoughts on that, Lou? Like you just said, a dump. I mean, that's not that's that's not going to change much, yeah, at all. I, it's 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 just mind-boggling the fact that you know yeah. we still see trades like this happen. It's almost like I would have easily probably given up at least a second-round pick in order to get Bjorkstrand. Oh sure, you have to. I the fact that they were able to give up a third and a fourth-round pick. When next year, I mean, Seattle next year, they have multiple second-round picks. They have multiple. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like three three or four at least. Three. Yeah, I think I heard three. Yeah. Because of, uh, because of all the protection deals that they made uh, during the expansion draft with certain teams, um, you know, to prevent them from not taking certain players off of, mm-hmm. uh, off of certain teams. And... I mean, it's just for them to get Bjorkstrand for only a third and fourth round pick. This is a major win for Seattle, and he's going to immediately upgrade that offense. <coughs> but at the same time, uh, immediately following this, though, Columbus then announced that they signed Patrick Line to a four-year, thirty-four point eight million dollar deal. Uh, so. You know that that it, that's probably why they needed to dump his salary in order to be able to afford this contract extension for Patrick Laine, uh, which is worth about uh, about eight million per year. Million a year, I think. Like, yes, I think it's I think it's about eight eight mil or so per year. It's roughly so, eight million a year. Yes. And I mean, Line A pretty much had the same had the same uh, stats: twenty six goals, fifty six points in fifty six games. So basically, he's a point per game player. Uh, they they prioritize keeping Line A over keeping uh, Bjorkstrand in this uh, part. And it, you know, it just. I'm 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 just very surprised. I'll just put it that way. I would have thought that. They, that they would have been able to get a lot, uh, you know, they would have been able to get at least a second rounder, for, uh, or they would have to give up a second rounder for uh, for Bjorkstrand, maybe a second and a third. I didn't think it would be a third and a fourth. Yeah, that's kind of unusual. I mean, it's, no, it's more willing to give up second and third. I mean, third and fourth, yeah. It's kind of strange. I mean, that's cheap. That's cheap. Considering uh, that they only yeah, gave up a third and a fourth, 
Uh, also, a little bit of basketball news here. It seems unlikely that Kevin Durant will wind up back in Golden State. So the rest of the NBA doesn't have to worry about uh, Golden State becoming super overpowered for the entire or for the foreseeable future. Uh, according to Zach Lowe, according to Zach Lowe of ESPN, the Nets are not—they uh, are not super high on Andrew Wiggins or Jordan Poole as the centerpiece of the trade. They want Jonathan Kaminga as part of the deal, and the Warriors do not want to give up Kaminga, nor are they looking to give up a ton of picks either. So it looks like Kevin Durant to Golden State is officially off the board. Now, uh, one of Durant's teammates, though, did officially solidify his contract. Uh, James Harden agreed to a two-year, $68.6 million deal, which includes a player option to return to the Philadelphia 76ers. It's, it's kind of funny, you know, thinking about this as a pay cut, but it actually is a pay cut because he was set to make $45 million this year. Uh you know, this is one thing that Kyrie Irving would never do. Kyrie Irving would never cut his salary to try and benefit the team, which is what James Harden did. And that's why they were able to sign certain players like P.J. Tucker this offseason. Uh we did also have uh, some news about Miles Bridges. Uh, he has been formally charged with felony domestic violence and child abuse stemming from an alleged assault that occurred last month in Los Angeles. Uh, he is a restricted free agent. He was a restricted free agent uh, with the uh, Charlotte Hornets. He, re- he reportedly assaulted his girlfriend in front of the couple's two children and his NBA career now appears to be hanging in the balance. He faces one felony count of injuring a child's parent and two felony counts of child abuse under circumstances or conditions likely to cause great bodily injury or death. Um, and if convicted, he faces, if he's convicted, he faces up to 11 years and eight months in prison, which Good. would basically be, which would effectively end his career. Good mm-hmm. for him. He deserves it. Yes. Oh, definitely. He definitely deserves okay. it. Mets uh, get bases loaded and pop up. They lose two to one. Good job, Mets. First place was fun while it lasted. Yeah, no, sorry. Back to uh, Bridges. That's absolutely deplorable. Not only beating, almost beating his wife close to death, also child abuse. So this is about yeah, eh, five times worse well, than Ray Wright. Yeah. Five times worse. Well, I wouldn't so, say I wouldn't say child abuse. No, I wouldn't no say way. child abuse. Oh, but I mean, I mean, I they, don't know. It. She she posted pictures. He was. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not. That's that's like uh, getting a DUI or uh, getting caught yeah. with drugs. It's not. It's not the first time he was doing this, so he's going right. to get totally cooked. He'll probably be, he'll probably get like two or three years because he has money, but who's going to sign him? I mean, I don't know. I know. I, I don't. I, would you sign him if you owned a team? I wouldn't. No. No. I think he's done. I wouldn't want that baggage. He's done. 
I wouldn't want that baggage. But and and the thing the thing is, they classify it as child abuse because it happened in front of the child. And it, sa- oh, it says okay. here that it's it's okay. injury to a child's it says injury to a child's parent and two felony counts of child abuse under circumstances or conditions that would be likely to cause great bodily injury or death. Oh, okay. So that means that he did actually would have because. Uh, it says here that he assaulted his girlfriend in front of their two children. Now it yeah, doesn't say that he assaulted. It doesn't say he assaulted the children, though. So what? What? So no, I agree with you. I'm 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 a little bit uh, confused too. Yeah. What does that mean? I mean, why are they? That's a that's a pretty powerful. They don't just throw around charges if they don't have evidence. So he, he obviously he it, do that. it means it means in some God fashion he was he, he was abusing his child too. Which makes it a hundred times even far worse, far worse than Ray Rice in a ho- in a, a hotel lobby drinking a lot, hitting his girlfriend oh, yeah. once or twice. Yeah. This is like yeah, almost killing the wife in in front of the kids and then hitting a kid, hitting oh. his daughter. Or, yeah, this is uh, this oh, is, uh, I understand. I understand why they're yeah. saying it here. I understand why they're saying it here. They said, oh, was she that was basically? She pregnant? Was she pregnant? No, no. Actually, what it says here is. Uh, the reason why they they gave the other charges is they said domestic violence creates physical, mental, and emotional trauma that has a lasting That's impact true. on survivors. Children who yep. witness family it says children who witness family violence are especially vulnerable, and the impact on them is immeasurable. That's why he got charged with the two counts of child abuse because I've never I've he didn't never actually, heard of that charge. And I've never heard of that charge, and I really like that charge because you're right. Trauma, unfortunately, I hope the kids grow up to be mm-hmm. a president or a uh, movie star, but that trauma, that can lead yeah, to large. substance abuse, or they become abusers, or they become alcoholics, or they become criminals. I mean, he destroyed right. the entire family. He destroyed the entire family. Yes. Right. So, I mean, from what it sounds like here, it doesn't sound like he struck his children. It was more along the lines of they were there watching as he as he struck his girlfriend or wife or i don't i don't know how i don't know how it uh, what, ass. what the but relation you know what is but you know what i'm saying i've never like you know the drunk guy who goes home and beats his wife some piece of shit uh gets dumb, uh, uh domestic abuse but i've never heard of a child abuse charge just because kids are in the room i like the fact that he's getting right yeah i don't have that either I like that. I like that they're maybe hopefully they start doing that to everyone. I don't know. One thing I've never done, I've never touched a woman. This guy almost killed his uh, wife in, in, in front of kids. I mean, yeah, he, he has right. to get uh, prison time. It's not, not one month probation. He has to be going away. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no. He has to, it says here he faces up to 11 years and eight months if convicted. That's not like a, that's not like facing a, one year and a ten thousand dollar fine, and then you know a, a rich attorney gets him right. off. That's he, either way, he's yeah, he's he's definitely going to get some prison time. So I mean, let, no let me question. This way, you know, I don't see I don't see this going only one year or two years worth of prison time. I think it's going to be massive. Five, the five or amount five of time seven. he sees. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely going to be massive the amount of time that he sees. I don't think it'll be. Uh, like a, a slap, I, I would consider one to two years a slap on the wrist, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, we're, yes. We're always, 
we're always waiting, though, on some of these stories, not just athletes, but, uh, you know, the rich guy who lives down the street or some guy in, uh, you know, Beverly Hills or, you know, a baseball player. You always hear, like, I'm so sick of, like, he faces up to 10 years or five years and he gets, like, supervised probation. Like, can, can someone finally throw the book at this guy and really, really screw him up? I mean, make well, it, it make sounds an like they might do that. Make an example, finally. Like, show that the, the justice is real. I'm so sick of these guys just I'm, paying, paying, their way out, paying their way out of trouble. Yeah. I mean, just, 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 look at the, just look at the amount of injuries that he caused his, uh, that he caused his girlfriend. A brain, he, he, she suffered a concussion. She had a closed fracture of her nasal bone, a contusion, oh. on her ri- a, a, a contusion of her rib, multiple bruises, oh and, a strain, and a strain of her neck muscle. Wow. This guy's like 6'7", 260 pounds, destroying this girl in front of their kids. He's got to go for at least five years, at least five years. At least five, maybe yeah. ten. Yeah, in a per- in a perfect world. Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. I th- I I think it'll be closer perfect to ten. World. Honestly, I yeah, think it'll be closer to ten as opposed to uh, as opposed yes. to five. Yeah, perfect I would world. be I, very surprised. I want him to be like thirty nine or forty four, like where he even if you wanted to play or if someone wanted to sign him, he'd be too washed up. I want his, I want his career to absolutely be over. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get yeah, our no, work. I think I think his career I think his career is over. If he do, if he if he is found guilty, which I mean, come on, he should be found guilty here. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I'm I'm almost I'm almost pretty sure because we saw what happened with Ray Rice. You know, when Ray Rice got uh, got through after the uh, after the elevator incident, he never got picked up by another team. No, and he was like 27, and I'm not justifying that, but this is far worse. This guy has to be absolutely yeah. done, and it, like you said, in prison, f- fingers crossed, God willing, for about 10 years. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's, it's, it's deplorable. It's criminal, and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's monstrous. Monstrous. So it's. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, as as expected, he pleaded not guilty to the charges. Um, I don't know when sentencing, or I don't know when the uh, when the whole thing is supposed to start in terms of, you know, the court case and whatnot. Uh, yeah, but, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, hopefully, uh, we def- we get a definitive uh, a definitive answer at some point in the, uh, in the near future here. But the, you know, the main important thing, he's not even behind bars. He's, uh, yeah, he's actually out on bail. He, he was out on $130,000, $130,000 bail. What? There's drug dealers, yeah. uh, that, that have million dollar bails. This guy almost killed people and he's on a $130,000 bail. What a despicable, yeah. uh, Local yeah. court or judge or whoever he's dealing with—that's pathetic. Come on, exactly. exactly. He he had that in his pocket. He's like, okay, here's my bail money. I'm out. Right. Uh, now we do have a bit of news about a potential uh, NBA trade. Apparently, the LA Lakers Ooh. and the 
Indiana Pacers have reportedly re-engaged in trade discussions surrounding Buddy Buddy, Heald. Good player. Good player. Great shooter. Great shooter. He's exactly who the Lakers need. They need a shooter. According to Dave uh, McMenamin of ESPN here, uh, it says the trade would surrender would center around a Buddy Heald deal, and a, and it could be a deal that could include Russell Westbrook, but only if you're also talking about having Miles Turner as part of the deal. Hmm. What's so that it Indiana sounds doing? like, yeah, uh, they're, that's, headed, that's they're their headed to a center. rebuild. Wait a sec. That's Indiana starting center, and then. They have Travis. They have um, Halliburton, who's one of the best young. He's six foot six point guards. He's twenty one years old. The Pacers' best young player is a point guard. Are they going to buy out Westbrook? What the hell do they want Westbrook for? Indiana's rebuilding. Yeah, they would probably, they would probably buy it out. Well, I should put it this way: Westbrook isn't part of the deal yet. I think LA is trying to make okay. him part of the deal. That's what I don't get when LA is going after these really good players. They have no young assets. Do you think someone wants uh, Malik Monk or uh, I mean, hey, seriously, Norton, they have they're all, they're no. like, wa- they're like they're all washed up veterans. What trade pieces do they have? I don't know how they're going to land any of these guys. I mean, well, how does Westbrook have value? I guess you just buy Westbrook out. He has no value. I don't think. Well, they have uh, they have Taylor Horton Tucker who struggled to put up twelve points in the Drew <laughs> League. <laughs> Taylor and Horton uh, turnover. Yes, exactly. That's a, that's their number one trade chip, apart from Westbrook. And Carmelo Anthony is only sixty-five years old. Maybe they can get something for him. And he's uh, one of the younger, only, he's one of the younger Lakers. Carmelo's uh, under fifty, so he's like one of the younger Lakers. He's got some value. Yeah. Yeah, and and as far as far as Malik Monk goes, he's actually a Sacramento King now. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the uh, the Lakers apparently didn't even make an attempt uh, to. They they offered him the veteran minimum, and he laughed at it. I don't think they have any money. Ugh. I hope the Lakers just suffer in purgatory, in lottery purgatory for the next decade. Oh, they will. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't have any, you know, cap space because no. of all these massive contracts. Purgatory. Uh, Baltimore home um, runs. Now, the Mets lost, and uh, the Orioles are up uh-oh. six to three. Six to three in the ninth inning. The Orioles added two exactly. home runs. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh oh. But also, according oh, right. to Bob Kravitz, according to Bob Kravitz out of Indiana, uh, he also covers the Indianapolis Colts as well. Uh, he said oh, cool. per source. He said, per source, the current Lakers-Pacers trade involving Russell Westbrook, Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, and other assets is currently dead. That's not, that's not to say the dead? Lakers – that, it, it says, though, that's not to say the Lakers can't come back and add a second first-round pick to the current package of picks, but for now, things are at a standstill. See, Miles Turner, though, he, Buddy's kind of like a, like a 30 – he's probably 30, so – Maybe he's not part of it, and and the Lakes, uh, Pacers just drafted a really good guard, and then they have Halliburton, so they don't. Heald's like not; he's like off the bench. They can move him, but again, Miles Turner's like their best young big man, and he's like 24 years old. So why are you giving away a good big man? I mean, the, I mean yeah. the Lakers, the Lakers have to be leaking this. Uh, who the hell is gonna? Who wants anything the Lakers have to offer? 
I just don't. I don't know. They the keep saying that. Oh no. They're close, to, they, they're close to getting Kyrie Irving. I'm yeah. going. Who on earth? What are they giving up for Kyrie Irving? I'm not even taking their phone calls if they're trying to trade trade with me. They have, nothing to give, they have nothing to give up. Yeah. Uh, as far as Miles Turner goes, you know, I think it's because he's been injury prone the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, that maybe perhaps that's why Indiana may be moving on from him. I mean, Indiana, uh, you know, he only played 42 games mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, and they might they might be a good call, Steve. They might be looking to move his uh, get 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 out of his salary. Yeah. And may, maybe trade him right now for whatever value he has left. But if if you know, I mean, I could name the New York Knicks would love uh, Miles Turner. I, you can name uh, you think so? 15, or 20, 15 or 20 teams that could use a good young big man, at least half the league. Well, we and, do need a big man, and, and for then, sure. And then um, all those teams, I promise, have more assets to give you than the Lakers. So I don't know how he's going to wind up to be a Laker. I just – I don't know. I think the Lakers are, like, leaking this. or I, I, I think it's fictional. I just don't see how the Lakers land a really good player. They have nothing to give. I don't know. I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you this much. Uh, when when there was talk about Gordon Hayward uh, back when he was with Boston, there was talk that uh, they were trying to execute a Gordon Hayward sign and trade for Miles Turner. For Miles Turner, and everybody uh, everybody around Boston hated the idea. And I'm like, what is there to hate about this move? We want we want big men. We want a young center. Miles Turner. This is before we had. Uh, this is before we had Robert Williams become who he is now. Uh, and, and, and 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 it's also sorry, Steve. Just to lend to your point, and it's also before Miles Turner started getting hurt. So he was a really yeah. uh, piece back in that rumor. You're right. Yes. You know, I'm I'm like, why why do you guys not want Miles Turner? when he could basically, you know, you guys have begged for, uh, you know, for, for you've begged for big help and he would basically give you that. So I don't understand, you know, what they're, what they're potentially looking at here. You know, why, why all of a sudden, um, you know, I, I never understood why Boston didn't make that move. And now, all of a sudden, you know, you see in Indiana wanting to move on from him. Yeah, and obviously man. we didn't, we, you know, obviously we didn't see that there would be, we, we didn't think there would be, uh, you know, these past couple of years where he's been injury prone. So... The NBA is so you see some of these moves. It's a it's a as far as trades, yeah. I think uh MLB and especially NHL is like you can see trades and appreciate them and go, Okay, both sides did well. That's like right. us us growing up playing rotisserie or looking at rosters going, Oh, if I was a GM, this would be a cool move. But like NBA sometimes you see yeah. these moves that are such head scratchers. I think that oftentimes it's all about money. But I mean right. like, like if Russell Westbrook keeps getting flipped around for young players and then he doesn't fit and then a year later he gets traded for other young players, NBA is kind of puzzling some of these trades. I don't know. It's hard to figure out. It is hard to figure out. I'm still trying to figure out myself. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very confusing some of the the way that some of these trades go. And actually, uh, talking about trade news, uh, there is a report out there by Bleacher Report that is saying that the Miami Heat uh. are prioritizing. They are prioritizing trading for Kevin Durant over trading for Donovan Mitchell. Uh, wow. As, okay. And by the way, Danny Ainge, uh, Danny Ainge apparently wants seven to eight first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell. So yeah, good luck <laughs> with that, Danny. I see, I see, I see. You found the uh, I see you, you found the man? Coke stash. <laughs> yeah. Getting, guys get higher than Rick James. I mean, who the yeah, hell? Seven, seven to eight. eight. Nobody can be that high. He wants <laughs> he wants seven to eight first round picks for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, yeah, that's keep something dreaming, maybe Danny. you would give up. No way. That's something no way. maybe you would give up for Durant. That's something <laughs> maybe you would give up for a younger for a younger Mitchell, Kevin Durant. You don't give that Mitchell up for has, Mitchell. Mitchell has the backpack backpack, and uh, he has a, already has a, a plane ticket for next year to go home to New York. So Danny better uh, sober up and realize that he doesn't hold all the chips. He needs to make a logical yeah. move. Again, it's almost like well, Soto, but this is even though. worse. Like Ames that's does not have tried to do. He, Mitchell's going to leave. He went straight. Mitchell's going to leave Utah. Yeah, but he went straight. Mm-hmm. He went straight to. Uh, he Knicks. went straight to the Knicks. He went straight to the Knicks, and he said, "I want straight seven to, to eight first round picks." <laughs> And they're like, no, we'll just wait. We'll wait a year or two when he comes home to New York. That's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. Remember when the Knicks? Remember when Carmelo Anthony was gift wrapped? Carmelo said yep. he's going back to to New York. He's from where the Bronx or Harlem or wherever. He's a New York guy. He said it. He's New York. Donovan Donovan was uh, thrown out a uh, first pitch at a Brooklyn Cyclones baseball game. He's always in New York. He's from Westchester. He's going to New York. Yes. Yeah, and but remember the Knicks foolishly, well led by their total brain dead owner James Dolan. They were like, oh, we don't want to wait a year. He is uh, we'll get, remember, they, they traded half their roster for Carmelo Anthony, and they could have waited a year and gotten him just as a free agent. So if the Knicks do that again, I mean, Carmelo uh, part two. Like, they remember, they gave up Gallinari, and, like, Gallinari was, like, in his prime, and, like, three other yeah. starters for Carmelo. And they could – Car, it was Carmelo and a bunch of trash, and what, they make, like, one playoff round with uh, Carmelo? So yeah, I mean, pretty much one or two. The, I the think. Knicks, if, if the Knicks get if the Knicks get Brunson and Donovan Mitchell, that's an awesome, you know, if Randall Here's becomes idea. normal why, again. Why do you just uh, trade Dolan? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be their best move. That's hilarious, though. That that the fact that uh, Danny is trying. You, what did you say? See, seven first round picks. Seven, <laughs> seven to eight, according according to the report that I saw. From one of the uh, from one of from one of the uh, notable uh, basketball writers, seven to eight first round picks. <laughs> There's no way. Danny's off the deep end again. He found Jim Irsay's coke stash. <laughs> Danny's been up. Uh, he's been up for a few days straight now. He's losing his marbles. Yes. Yeah, but you know, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing though. Uh, one player finally got paid in the NFL this week, and I, you know, this has been a whole entire saga through the entire uh, off season of the NFL, uh, where oh, yeah. he had, where he had uh, 
references to his team removed from his social media accounts and everything. But Kyler Murray finally got the contract that he wanted, five years, $230.5 million, which Damn, includes $160 million guaranteed, and it gives him the second highest paid quarterback average salary at $46.1 million per year. And I'm I'm a Kyler Murray fan, but wake, wake me up or you know what does he get uh, half a half a billion when he wins a playoff game? I yeah. mean, geez, they just uh, destroyed their salary cap. Like you said, the guy was acting like a twelve year old girl. He, oh, I I don't want to be here. He took down his social media like he was uh, breaking up with someone on the internet, and then he and then mm-hmm. he, and then he gets he gets he he basically pulls up a brink drop with a, with a ski mask on, robs them of what, what $300 million contract. And he goes, he goes, Oh, I've always wanted to stay a Cardinal. Well, you didn't act like that. Yeah. They basically caved in and gave up and gave into him. Uh, again, I really like the guy, but he's, I mean, he, he, he doesn't, he hasn't really performed in big games. I've seen it. You've seen it. So like, you're going to, you're going to destroy yeah. your salary cap for the next 10 years to cave into like, a talented guy who hasn't won. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That's a head scratcher. Yeah, it seems like it seems like a pretty high number, especially considering uh, the stat lines that he's put that he's put up over the last couple of years. Um, I mean, if your goal is to win championships, this is basically. I, I don't want to say this is the equivalent of the Pat Mahomes deal because the numbers are not even close. But for a team like Arizona and for a guy who hasn't won a Super Bowl like Kyler Murray, this is basically the equivalent of the Patrick Mahomes deal. Yeah. There, there's, a reason why, there's a reason why Kansas City traded uh, Tyreek Hill to Miami because they couldn't afford to pay Tyreek Hill because, yeah. of, the, uh, because of the contract that Pat Mahomes has. Yeah. Now, Kyler Murray last year, 3,787 yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 picks, uh, which I believe might be the best season he had, I think. Uh, No, never mind. Uh, Second best season. 2020, he had 26 touchdowns, 12 picks, uh, and and he threw for more yards, too. Uh, But... However, though he did do these, he did do uh, these stats though in two less games because he missed two games due to injury last year, and he did have a career high for completion percentage with sixty nine point two percent. But yeah. still, that doesn't explain the massive contract though. I mean, no, no. you know, maybe, and they're not. Maybe they're I would not, have, um, They're not. Sorry, they're, I'll give ten seconds. They're not a really small market team. They have JG Watt, DeAndre Hopkins. They're acting like they've never yeah. seen a star or had a star on their hands. Like they're, uh, they're just going to throw all their money at some uh, diva. I'm sorry. He like threw a right. tantrum, so they gave the whole. They, he threw a tantrum, so they gave uh, half their salary cap to him. Really moronic move. Right. I mean. I mean, last year, you know, after last year's number, or not last year, after 2020's numbers, maybe I would have thought about it. You know, he had 11 rushing touchdowns for 819 yards. He had 26 touchdowns passing and 12 picks. He had close to 4,000 yards passing 
you know, maybe I would have thought about it after last year's numbers, but, you know, I don't know. He missed two games this year due to injury, uh, which is why his numbers were a little bit lower. Um, you know, I just I, – I don't know if I would be committing that much money or that certain amount of money to where he'd be making – what did I say the number was? Uh that he'd be making $46.1 million per year. I mean, I'm sorry. No, I'm not, I'm not paying uh, a quarterback that amount of money who's coming out of their rookie contract unless it's somebody like Pat Mahomes who's won a Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. I like, I like the analogy. You know, I, like, I like what you said. Yeah. I'm not giving, I'm not giving away that amount of money. Uh, to somebody who hasn't proven that he can take his team to the Super Bowl yet. No way. No way. Like you see, look, David DeAndre Hopkins is like you said, the Chiefs had to give up Tyreek Hill after Mahomes proved himself to be a champion and like a top two or three player in the world. Yeah. Murray is not even in that conversation. So it's not even. You know, the only way, the only way I would justify it is if he is if say last season he threw forty touchdowns, had close to five thousand yards or something, and he had the and, same amount of picks, like ten one, picks, and, and maybe like made the I don't I, I'm 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 not um I'm not in front of statistics right now to look up his overall uh, stats. I know he's yeah. an incredible athlete. I know he's very talented. I'd love him on the I'm an Eagles fan. I'd love him on the Eagles. He's a very 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 good player, but. He hasn't. He hasn't yeah. won quote unquote. He hasn't won quote unquote the big game. So big I, game. He does, no. not, he does not deserve that amount of money. Oh no, definitely not. Uh, actually, let me check. Let me check. Where's the furthest he has gone? Um, he has. Hang on. Did he even make the play? Yeah, he made the playoffs last year, and he mm-hmm. lost in the first round. Where he threw two picks, so that's I mean, he yeah. A, he honestly, this is a quarterback. He, he, played, he has a he career record of whenever, whenever I've seen him in like a really important, crucial game, he has not played well. <laughs> I know that much off the right. top of my head. He has a twenty-two, twenty-three, and one career record, and you're going <laughs> to give over forty million per year to this guy? Yeah, I right. mean. I mean, it's not like he's putting up uh, amazing, you know, it's not like he's putting up amazing numbers no, no, like no, Pat no. Mahomes does every year. I mean, yeah. I I would say maybe $20 million per year. I wouldn't give him 40 per year, not with these no. numbers. I mean, that right yeah. now, maybe it's, maybe it's because he's a dual threat. Maybe it's because he's a dual threat player to where he's both a passer mm-hmm. as well as a rusher. Maybe that's why they gave him the massive uh, the massive deal, but I mean this kid hasn't even proven anything yet. You know, uh, matter of fact, I don't think he's even made a Pro Bowl. Yeah, so, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a world of talent, but he has a long a long way to go and a lot to prove. And they just uh, they just gave him money like he was uh, Joe Montana. Just really puzzling. Okay, no, he did make the Pro Bowl. He made the Pro Bowl in 2020, but it wasn't a physical because of the, uh, uh, what's it called, um, because of COVID, 
the Pro Bowl was canceled mm-hmm. in 2020, but he made the Pro Bowl uh, for uh, when they played uh, different players played the Madden 21 video game at, for the Pro Bowl that year. Uh, his rookie season, though, he did win the Offensive Rookie of the Year award, though, and he was named a Pro Bowl alternate. So he is technically mm-hmm. a yes. two-time Pro Bowler, and he did win Offensive Rookie of the Year. So, but still, those aren't even enough to justify, no. you know, the the massive contract that he's gotten. Yeah, I I'm, think they're gonna. Um, I just, I, I think they're gonna learn to regret that one. Like he, like we were talking about, he just absolutely. He kind of started crying and saying, "I'm gonna leave," and took down like he, you know, he turned his status to single on Facebook, and then they went, "Oh my God, no." You're not a cardinal anymore. Oh, here's all of our money. And he goes, "Thank you. I always wanted to be a cardinal." <laughs> exactly. He conned him. Are you sure about he con- that? He, con- he conned him. Yeah. Now we do. We do also have an update on Deshaun Watson, according to according to Yahoo. Uh-oh. Charles Robinson. Uh, okay. Charles Robinson. Charles <laughs> Robinson of Yahoo is reporting that Deshaun Watson will sue the NFL. If he gets suspended <laughs> for the entire NFL season. Okay, we haven't heard that one before. <laughs> uh, it says here I'm that sue the NFL. Uh, Robinson, Robinson said that Watson and the NFL Players Union have already made the decision to file a lawsuit against the league in federal court if Watson is slapped with a year-long suspension after being accused of sexual assault and misconduct by dozens of women. Such a move would further drag out the never-ending Watson saga. The timing of arbitrator Sue Robinson's decision on Watson's punishment remains unclear as the Browns prepare for training camp. Uh, Watson could face as little as a month-long suspension, but from what I've been hearing, it sounds like it's eight uh, eight weeks. Uh, that seems like the likely suspension. Um, eight weeks. But there is still the possibility he could face up to a year a year long suspension, and if so, apparently, what is taking the judge so long to render her decision though? Yeah, good call, Dewey. I mean, it shouldn't well, be hard. Guess... You know, twenty five cases against him, and you know, you still, and you know, you still can't decide. You know, uh, what the uh, punishment should be, uh, the length of suspension. I mean, this should have been resolved. You know, a while ago. What is her problem? Right. You call yourself a judge. I don't know. You know, it's it's kind of weird because all uh, all I'll but say. four of the uh, all but four of the cases have been settled. I be- I believe it was four cases Correct. that have been yes. uh that are yes. still remaining. So maybe it's because they're waiting on that before uh, before they make a decision. Because I mean, technically, technically the the legal process hasn't really begun yet against Watson. You That's know, true. when it comes to when it comes to uh, seeking damages and whatnot. Uh, you know, Tony Busby. This has basically been a huge ass standoff between both sides, and who's yeah. going to blink first? Basically, it's what almost, a, what it's a, almost what an awkward a, situation. Yeah, it's almost turned into like a dick measuring contest. Like, who's gonna who's <laughs> okay. gonna basically, you know, you know, who's gonna who's gonna basically out hustle the other? 
Yeah. yeah. Goodell's sure. grimy as they come. He's not scared of anything. And then Deshaun yeah, is, sure. uh, he's got more girls than Vince McMahon uh, screaming about him. It's a pretty interesting yeah. match. Well, we don't know about that. We don't know about that yet. It could it could increase <laughs> oh, right, dramatically. Right. That's pre- that's being premature. Deshaun McMahon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. like I said, like I said, oh. there's probably multiple female talents that are going to come out about Vince McMahon. Um, that's true. Yes. Let me see. Moving forward. Uh, now, yeah. before before we do go, we do have about four minutes left on tonight's show uh, before we cut it off early. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to be cleared by mid-August, and apparently the 49ers have given his agent permission to start, to seek out a trade from other teams that may be interested. I like, I like him a lot. I, I really, I'll be real quick. I like him a lot. I, I think a perfect place to be a, a solid older coach um, with a good young receiver like D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, put him in Seattle. I think that would be a good spot for him. Yeah, I, I especially yeah. with Seattle having especially with Seattle having having a mess like Drew Locke out there as their current starting quarterback. I'm sorry, he couldn't he couldn't pull it off in Denver. I don't think he's going to do any better in Seattle. So, no. I actually I actually agree with that. I actually agree with that. I think uh I think definitely that Seattle would be a very good fit for him. Uh, when you think about it, him and Russell uh, Russell Wilson are kind of similar in terms of in terms of uh, style of play. You know, yeah. uh, Wilson Wilson's more of a yeah. run and gun, and that's kind of what Garoppolo can be as well at, on occasion. Sure, I think always everyone's always said always overrated. Well, whenever I turn on the TV or read the uh, box score, he, all all he does all he seems to do is win a lot. So. I wouldn't mind Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. on my team if I were a coach or a, if I were a, coach or a player. I'd, I'd accept Jimmy G on my team. Right. Uh, and it, it says here, too, that the 49ers may be forced to cut him, though, if they can't find a suitor in the trade market. Because uh, it does say the Seahawks and the Texans have both been named as potential landing spots. The Texans would make sense because they don't have a quarterback right now. Uh, well, they have Davis Mills, but... They have That's a great Mills, call. So let's face it. But let's face it; they don't have a quarterback, even though they have Davis Mills. So, um, in, in actuality, they actually really don't have a quarterback. You're right. Yeah, essentially. Uh, but obviously, Garoppolo needs a clean bill of health, though, before any move is potentially made. Um, so his days are almost certainly numbered at this point in San Francisco. Yeah. But uh, anyways, that's gonna do it. That's gonna do it for us tonight. Uh, I do have Great to. Uh, I do have to get up. Huh? Oh, simply saying, great show, Steve. Thanks again. That was a really nice show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. I do have to. I'll get try up to be there tomorrow, next so, week. I can't say for sure, but um, I'll see okay. what I can do. Because we have a special event in the family. Oh, uh, Steve, okay. not for nothing. Yeah, because Louie might be out like next week. Probably for the last, like, yeah. I might be traveling. So if if I had any uh, vote, maybe a two-hour show again, a little shorter than usual, because I right. might be kind of on the show. It might be a little bit light. All righty. Well, uh, anyways, um, before we go, just a reminder for any fans of reality TV, 
keep uh, an eye on Blog Talk Radio because we may or may not have a show this upcoming Tuesday, depending on what Jim decides to do, uh, if he can get a hold of anybody. Uh, Next Thursday, we will have, or this upcoming Thursday, we will have the Challenge Recap Show. Friday is the Big Brother Recap Show. We will be back here next Saturday for Sports Whispers Weekly. Uh, If you haven't done so yet, catch us on blogtalkradio.com slash missyae, or you can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Uh, You'll get access to all of our shows that we've done and shows that we will do uh, up in the uh, near future. So, uh, yeah, we are gonna we are gonna cut it uh, short for tonight. Uh, but everybody, have a great rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.